Can't find the podcast theme song files. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Where are they? Speaking speaking of ADD type things, I, uh, yeah, we should probably yeah. Just 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 before uh, just before we started recording, I had gone into the kitchen to throw a banana peel and uh, it's still Kleenex in your hand. away. It's well, no, no, no. But, but, <laughs> but what happened was I, I was walking towards the kitchen with with this banana peel in my hand and this this Kleenex, and I was going to throw them in the kitchen because I was going in there to get a glass of water anyway because we're going to podcast. Uh, and then I was thinking, yeah, I kind of need to pee, so oh, I should pee too. And, and so I swerved towards the bathroom, banana peel still in hand, and I did not throw the banana peel in the toilet. Yep. Don't yep. throw the banana peel on the toilet, and you've, you're already ahead of the game for the day. So that was my that was my close shave accomplishment. So wait, uh, did you just like pee with one hand and then hold the banana no, peel no, no, with the no. other I, hand? I, 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 <laughs> no, no, I, I, I stopped before I got to the toilet, turned around, went back to the kitchen, nice, put the banana peel peel on the toilet, then went back to the bathroom and and, and peed. And so yeah. it was all very successful. No one would have known except for me, but uh, right. also well, literally good everyone listens to this podcast. And also I tweeted about it because, boy, you know, sometimes you just have to... <laughs> well, because that's always Jim's thing. Like, he's always, like, holding too many things in his hand, and then he needs to do another thing, and it's not going well. And I'm always like, put some things down. And he, like, turns yeah. around at me like, like, you know... This has been a surprisingly hard lesson for me to learn in my life. To, that, like, you know, there are things that are very hard to do at the same time that are very easy to do one at a time. And if I can convince my stupid brain to stop trying to hyper like economize, right? Like, right? Like, what are you saving that time for? <laughs> yeah. Like, I can set this down, open the door, pick it back up, or I can try and open the door while holding this, and then potentially spill a fucking drink everywhere. Like, that's. What 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 is those three seconds? And hey, I did a couple really lazy squats too, so it's exercise, right? Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, lazy, lazy squats, whatever you got to do. I got to start this podcast because it's episode one hundred and seventy-five of the Metafilter Monthly Podcast, and Hey-o. I'm Josh Cortex Millard, and I'm Jessamine, and here we are. Uh, we've been having a, 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 a nice nice pre-roll chat about. Uh, about essentially and stress and everything yeah, day pre-roll <laughs> chats well i gotta say i'm very sorry for the women who have had to have these public mental health like discussions and struggles like simone biles most recently but also yeah. uh, uh naomi osaka and that kind of thing like obviously we should not be sacrificing our, our female athletes of color just so we can have constructive mental health conversations but since we're having constructive mental health conversations about this kind of stuff, like, I am here for it, you know? Yeah. Like, yes, take care of yourself. It's not worth it to do, like, what that other gal did and, you know, do do your jumps on your broken ankle and then have to retire at 18. Like, good on everybody for taking the mental health time that they need. Ugh. Like, yep. a lot of olympics coverage i've been seeing has really been talking about the emotional toll of this last weird year of olympics prep you know it's not just like oh go america everything's amazing it's been a lot of people being like yeah it's been really difficult and here's how i dealt with that issue uh which is i appreciate it yeah it's 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 a shitty context in which to have that conversation because part of the reason like it feels weird and revelatory to a lot of people is because that's not a conversation that happens in public a whole lot, but it's still good that it's happening. Um, I feel like I've been exposed to too much like Twitter 
pointing out the worst reactions to it. And so mm. I have this sort of like really kind of shitty online toxic like yeah. vibe about it, which is a shame because I'm sure there are good, genuinely thoughtful conversations going on about like, oh yeah, what if we thought about a person as a person first and foremost and not as someone to whose performance we are entitled uh what you know not that that's not a thing that happens in fuckload of other contexts i know too, what you but, mean though well yeah, and, and you know. just the mainstream news responses that i've been seeing because one of the things about this house where i'm cat sitting is there's a tiny tv that has apple tv which is more tv than i have at home and so, you know, I've been watching some coverage of the Olympics, the weird doomed Olympics, and uh, the commentators have been surprisingly calm and supportive about these things, which I don't really feel like we would have maybe seen 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. You yeah. know, like, good for her. She doesn't think she can do that effectively. She's been under a lot of stress. Good. People are understanding. We'll get over it. It's fine. Good. Yep. Thank you for all you've done so far. Get some rest. That is good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really nice. It's been also fun to watch like, you know, weird random sports like, you know, volleyball. The the volleyball where they get to wear clothes, not that other volleyball. (laughs) I refuse to watch that other volleyball on principle. Are they still doing that with beach volleyball with the requirement? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was the Norwegian team, I think, this year was like, we're not doing it. And people were like, well, you're going to get in trouble. And it's, you know. uh, uh, Yeah. Awful. So we just watched uh, what I call normal volleyball. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was interesting. The American team did well. The Chinese team was also very good. And uh, whatever. It's a nice way to kill some time while you're uh, snuggling some cats. Yeah, we were watching some uh, some table tennis preliminaries on on replay. Uh, ah, Jim really wanted to watch table tennis. We didn't uh, we didn't wind up finding it within like the app that we were trying to figure out how to watch things. <laughs> we ended up paying for like the the uh, a month of the premium Peacock whatever. So oh, we good. Could watch on our Roku, and it's it's still it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Like I I need to figure out. Whether that's embargoes on when replays of stuff we missed happen or what, but like they're happening in Japan. I'm not going to be watching mostly Olympics like during the actual stuff happening if I'm watching it at all. So right, yeah, it's it's, it's a little confusing for me too because like I had heard the news about Simone Biles, but then I was watching the finals that she was still in before she yeah. left. Yeah, and nobody was commentating on like. After this next jump, she walks off the field, even though I knew that. And so it was very confusing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we are, uh, we've got an Apple TV with the NBC Sports app and my sister's login, which seems to work <laughs> most of the time. But like eventually <laughs> probably won't, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it's like the Netflix login, like your cable TV company, if someone pays for cable TV, seems to be shareable, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Uh, I only have one thing to say about the number 175. Okay. Uh, the article about 175 on Wikipedia may contain excessive, indiscriminate, or irrelevant examples. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, anybody else can read it. It's not super uh, interesting. The, the thing that I kind of liked about it is that in base 10, if you raise the digits 175 to the powers of one, two, and three, uh, it equals the number. So 175 equals one to the one, seven to the two, and five to the three, which is right. kind of neat, I yeah, think, something. as a puzzle. 
Uh, other than that, it's the number of a bunch of subway stations and one of the uh, 9-11 planes and some other stuff. It's a it's a Ulam or Ulam. I don't know how you say Stanislav Ulam's name, but uh, it's an Ulam number. But I don't remember what those are either. But I remember that those are a thing. So that's that's exciting. Um, I mean, it's yeah. a hyperlink. It's an well, integer yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, standard but, Ulam sequence starts with u to the one equals one. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, I'm not gonna read it on like yeah. But Josh, anyway, I, I, you I did this that to me. I'm sorry. I was. I, I thought I was just commenting on it. Um, I, I forgot that this is a, a web podcast where we click on the links. Also, I'm a um, librarian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's what's 175 in Dewey Decimal? Shut up. I, I have no idea Shut whether or not up. that is. Don't do this to me. I, I, I mean, you could conceivably know. I don't actually assume that you know or that anyone else has memorized all that because what was Dewey even up to? But like, you know. Ethics of Recreation and Leisure. Hey, that's kind of interesting. Don't you think? Hey, yeah. next podcast is going to be the ethics of sex and reproduction. Okay, so the 170s is like the ethics section? I, your guess is as good as mine. I'm yeah. just good at like duck duck going these. It, it, it'd be fun if those were the only two ethics. And right. Just the, you've got, you've just got two ethics. Lead. Everything needs, to, needs yeah. to jump into one of them. Yeah, I just I got out of library school without really knowing Dewey. I think that I've seems, mentioned this on this podcast okay. before. Like, I took computer classes instead of cataloging classes. Well, it's biting me in the ass a little bit now that I'm working in an actual library where I have to figure out how to do original cataloging for Fur, Fish, and Game magazine because <laughs> no other well, library... Well, that's ethics of sex and reproduction. <laughs> like, normally, we do copy cataloging, right? You find a library that's got the thing, you copy their record, and you change parts of it that refer to your own library... Um, which is fine if any library in the system has that. But Fur, Fish, and Game magazine, apparently, which is exactly what you think it is, um, may not be held by another library in the state. So we have to do original cataloging, and I don't know how to do it. Well, that's, that's, that is a, a, a tricky but interesting yeah, challenge. Yeah, no, okay. totally. And the community has 1,200 people in it. And so if people show an interest in Fur, Fish, and Game magazine, which I just love saying out loud, um, they can just take it fucking home with them. I don't care. You know, like, like what are you going to do? Steal it? I, I guess. Like, I just, it's not in the catalog. I'm like, take it. Please bring it back when you're through. And people do. So whatever. Man, I'm just fucking. Now I'm looking through the fucking Dewey. Like, See, now I started with the, so, the F bomb, and now you're right there with me. It's it's so bad. Like it's like it's just like I understand that this was this guy sort of like trying to say, oh, what are the a thousand topics that could be in books? But like, no, he just, was a bad guy, and it's reflected in his bad yeah. system. But oh, zero four zero through zero four nine is not assigned or no longer used. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, sometimes those are things. Uh, like, was it something terrible or I don't, something that all, people were only writing books about, like, when Dewey uh, well, I mean, was, like, in high school? Well, I mean, still around. Normally, there's, like, little expansion areas, you know, that you can use to put things in them anymore. I don't yeah. as much know, and maybe some of the me librarians can chime in about, like, Dewey numbers that were removed. Yeah. Yeah, you know? if you're if you're if you're a librarian and you're listening to this and you have some knowledge to drop, please and, please and go you're ham just, on Dewey. And you're just gnashing your teeth, like <laughs> listening to Jessamine and be like, "Well, I think like, that should ah. have been the Dewey binary system, and all of the numbers would be much longer." 
Um, thank or you. the Dewey thank binary you. system and everything is either zero or one. You know, the, the Dewey hexadecimal system would have a lot more compact. Mm. Well, that, everything would be zero or one, but that's the thing. Like, if you have like a thousand categories, then you've got like a 10 digit binary string instead of a three digit decimal number. You know, so I, I already unruly. can't stand shelving children's books <laughs> because they're so narrow. And if they're nonfiction, the Dewey numbers are usually wider than the books themselves. So it's very yeah. hard to figure out where they go. Also, the library that I've been working in uh, really needs a good weeding. And as a result, everything's jammed in really tightly. And so it, there's no good answer to how to stick a book in a shelf that's already jammed too tightly, <laughs> except move everything around, but there isn't more space. So, uh, yeah. Nah, yeah. Nah. Nah. No good answers. Well, speaking of librarians of Metafilter. Uh, hey. Hey, bring it back to the website. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we're getting on towards the end of July here is where we are. As we Hooray. Um, and there's nothing, nothing to speak of on jobs. Um, anything that came has also gone. Um, there's I think I'm going to put something on jobs. If you yeah. live in uh, Metro West uh, and have a truck, I need some things moved around. Nice. Yeah. And now uh, I was talking to you about this. I don't know if it was pre-roll or post-roll, but basically we have a thing that I thought I was going to be able to put off till later that I can't put off till later, which is moving a couple things around uh, Metro West, Massachusetts. I may know a guy with a truck, but if you're a me fight with a truck, uh, yeah, I will. I, mean, put a, I will put a job up. That's why you have a truck so that it can be put to use. Because otherwise, why have a truck? Um, unless you just like accidentally killing children, I guess. What? Uh, that was what? That, the, the trucks have gotten so big and like to the point where there's like 40 feet in front of like a big new Dodge Ram where you can't see anybody over the hood of your. It is truck. really one thing about the Olympics is I am learning a lot more about trucks because there's so many truck advertisements. <laughs> like there's basically three advertisements. There's one that's about a Paralympian. You know, where there's this like phone call telling this woman, like, we've got a baby that you can adopt, but uh, she has a rare genetic disease, so it's going to be a problem. And you see this like tiny girl with like no legs below the knees, and it's a very like, you know, her life is going to be really hard. And, you know, it turns out she's an Olympian in the Paralympics and like, way to go. But it's it's cloying and I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, inspiration porn sort of vibes. It's, it's got that vibe, even though it doesn't say that. Because, um, like, whatever, Paralympics, like, it's a fine line between being like, this Paralympian is amazing because they're amazing at Olympics. Yeah, but I mean, also, what if that was the commercial? What if you're like, look at this fucking athlete? Right. And instead, it's not. It's all about somebody being like, like, this is going to be bad. And then it turns out to not be bad. And I find that obnoxious. There's a Slack advertisement that uses <laughs> the Slack knock knock, um, you know, like alert noise. Da, da, da. Um, all the time. So if you're in another part of the house and your laptop's open and somebody makes a dut 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 noise, you're like, oh, fuck, Slack. Yeah. And then you're like, nope, it's a TV ad. And they have one ad. And it's definitely like some like 20-something woman being smug about how great Slack is. And I yeah, that it. is that is in super fucking heavy rotation on YouTube right now, too. Yeah. Um, and, ugh. Ugh. and then truck ads, which is where I was going with that, which is yeah. like... They're just very large, and the people yep. who are using them don't seem like they need a truck that big. There's a, oh God, I mean, it's a whole fucking thing that 
I'm sure there's been a Metafilter post or three about this, but basically, yeah, like there's the reason car manufacturers keep making bigger and bigger vehicles and sell SUVs and make bigger trucks is because people are buying them, you know? So in in strictly capitalist terms, that makes sense. But why people are buying them when they don't particularly need them is a much more interesting and depressing if you look at a question, because maybe what it comes down to is the psychological proprioception of having a big vehicle makes people feel less insecure about completely unrelated things in the world of their lives. And so as a result, they're buying bad vehicles and those bad vehicles are being made more. And so they're buying them and, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that was jobs. Uh, <laughs> we are thoroughly in summer doldrums. Uh, projects had, uh, three posts this summer. I, I had one that I should have made and I didn't, I got to remember to do that sort of thing. Uh, but, uh, we do have three projects and so we will mention them. One of them is, uh, DNG who has, been responsible for the violent penguin who has come up previously in some other comic stuff. Uh, also uh, wrote up a story about summer and siblings. Not uh, about penguins. Not about penguins. Not about penguins. Hey, um, I love so yeah. I love summer stories. Yeah. So there's that. And it's their um, it's their fiftieth projects post. Yeah. Big numbers. Yes. Keep it up. I uh, I like the uh, quarantine happy hour thing, which was basically like a ton of videos live stream stuff on facebook and people did concerts people watched concerts it was great but finding stuff on facebook surprise surprise is the worst and so hades um made a web page that basically helps you um find stuff deep in facebook if you're a person that still uses facebook uh you can go watch a whole bunch of quarantine happy hour stuff that otherwise would have been unfindable and unmanageable. Uh, Neat little project. Yeah, that is that is that is nice. Because um, yeah, Facebook. Um, I know. I mean, <laughs> here's another Facebook thing. I have been meaning to put this on Ask Metafilter, and maybe I will. Uh, and I don't know if this had happened last month. I used to use lists on Facebook the same way you use lists on Twitter, you know, like, oh, I'm going to look at just a tweet thread or, a you know, Twitter page of all the people from Vermont, you know, and lists makes that easy, right? It's a great feature for Twitter, though kind of buried, um, but it was, a, it was an essential feature on Facebook, right? So I'd have a list of like all my family members from like one side of the family sure. or like my fa- family members from the other side of the family or like people from Vermont. And so, you know, and historically before I would like go to a get together, I would do a quick scan of like what had been happening with my local friends. You know, obviously there's the friends I talk to a lot, but then there's the friends who I have, you know, a lighter acquaintance with who I haven't seen at all, you know, because of COVID. And so the list would allow me to just look at a Facebook page of just local people. And that was great. And then one day the link I would click to go to the list just showed me the 150 people, like their profile links and it no longer went to like a Facebook wall of just their posts. And I don't know, like I went searching through the help, which of course, unhelpful. And so I'm not sure if Facebook just turned that off and that's no longer a thing you get with Facebook or if um, you have to get to it another way and it's still there. Either way, I I miss it very much. So I'm hoping because, you know, whatever. I'm a person who uses Facebook, so I would like it to still do some things. And this 
project was another great way of doing that. Given that Facebook exists, how will you and other people use it? And maybe you want to use it. How will you use it? Yeah. Um, the one other one to mention, and I am excited about this and have not uh, made a chance to listen to it yet, but uh, a generative album uh, from Ignignoct, who it is to see back on the site. Yeah, me too. Um, Jim 3. Yes. Yes. Yet, got, yet, yet another Jim. <laughs> we got Jim, other Jim, and Jim 3. So, yes. But yes, this is, a, 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 as, as he says, an ambient concept album. Um and you can listen to a recorded version of it, but the neat thing about it is it's actually a generative album, and you can play it live from basically the web app he built for it, and it will be different every time. And it's an ambient album, so it's you know kind of a, a it's going to be a, a sort of chill space sort of uh, to be listening to. Uh, but I, lo- I love the concept, and I'm looking forward to uh, putting it on because this sort of thing tends to be my jam. Well, and on uh, his blog, he sort of. Ex- explains it like yeah, ambient yeah. music works even if you don't pay attention to it put it on listen to the first couple minutes and then go about your day and just let it go yeah just have it in the background so and that can be that can be a very nice thing uh, especially if you have a, a a brain like mine where having having some noise that also you don't have to like try and parse is sometimes very good um like i and have days you- where it's like if I if i'm sitting around not listening to music I'm like oh boy it's way too quiet and then like if i put on some music oh no but now i have to have reactions to this music or think about this music or I'll be distracted by the music or I'll think about the lyrics or I'll like the, the, the vibe is wrong or, you know, et cetera. I know I have exactly the same problem. I found a couple like really long streams on YouTube that are now like predictably okay for certain times. I want to be listening to music, but not too much music, which has been nice. Uh, And if you scroll down on Jim's blog, uh, you'll get bonus email content, including a picture of who I think is bonus cat. (laughs) With a taco. With a taco. Um, or a taco shell? Or a taco shell, yeah. Uh, waiting waiting for their taco. Yes. Which is a classic... Um, oh, God. Who fucking wrote Waiting for Godot? I really fucked that joke up. Mm. Um, yeah. Waiting for taco. Brecht? Uh, Brecht, sure. Brecht sounds like the name of a playwright that that would be by. Um, well, let's see. I will uh, duck to go it. I mean, it's, it's obviously... Ah, Beckett, shit. By, by, Beckett, okay. I Beckett, I was, I was kind of reaching for Beckett, like just because, not like I don't know plays. Sure, I don't know you plays were, Josh. Well at all, but well, no, because like I we we had my dad had a couple books of Beckett plays uh, in our like little you know home library or bookshelf growing up, um, including uh, Endgame, which um, I thought was going to be something more interesting than it was when I was a kid. Um, it's probably interesting. I haven't I haven't read it in adulthood at all, but I poked through it at some point, but, uh, but also there was like waiting for Godot in there. So I like, I know of waiting for Godot as a Beckett play, even though I can't really tell you much else about it other than maybe it's some sort of allegory about, you know, the search for faith and the absence of God. Well, if you click the link that I sent you, uh, you'll get an introduction to it from discovering literature 20th century by the British library. Oh, nice. I will, I will put that in the links and I will read it later. Don't make promises. Um, Don't make promises. I, I will, I will read it. Later at the soonest. How about that, I will not be reading it now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read it out loud um, to you. And the I mean that that would really be a dramatic left turn for this podcast. <laughs> it would be just like <laughs> uh, maybe you know we're going to be doing fundraising soon, and, and maybe maybe I'll put out like a dramatic reading uh, goal someone can pay for 
you know, pick the text and and I'll I'll give it my my best go as a bonus episode. I love it. You know, I always thought that would be, you know, a good thing for the podcast uh, uh, again bringing in voices who are not just you and me uh, yeah. is having people read whatever. Like reading tweets about something like like having something that's a like built-in kind of short. Yeah. But also uh you know, gets more voices. Hi, it's me. You know, this this name on Metafilter. Here's what yeah. my voice sounds like, etc. Yeah. Yes. Maybe yeah. We should come back to that. Yeah. Um, but that's projects. That's projects. Uh, shall we? Shall we discuss Metafilter proper? Sure. Let me see. I like. I told you over email. I kind of meh, like because I you know, moved on from having my regular Sunday, Monday shifts. Uh, I, I wanted to like give myself a break just so I wasn't kind of like acting like a mod without working. Yeah. And so I haven't, this is like one of the times I just haven't spent as much time on the site uh, as, as usual. So you may have to be the sort of lead on this and I can. Um, can do. Cause I have a lot of stuff from ask Metafilter because that's where I hang out even. Yeah. Even when not, but like Metafilter, I spent more time on when I was working, and uh, well, I, th- I think I think we can safely jack spread this then. Um. Fantastic. So one thing that I really liked is a post. And I'll pull from, out the library comments while uh, while you're talking. Yeah. Uh, j- just yesterday, there was a post from They Sucked His Brains Out about uh, things called Bitfield Patterns. Uh, what? And if you, if, you, if you click on the main link, it takes you to a tweet that shows off sort of a canonical example of it. Uh, this, is, this is a thing I really liked. I was delighted by this post because this is a thing I got really excited about three months ago when this tweet thread that it's about originally came up. Um, a bit field pattern is just literally saying, imagine a black and white bitmap. Like it's literally white, black pixels in a rectangle. Right. Um, and the pattern is just like literally the pattern of where there are white pixels. So you could draw anything you want. A very simple bit field pattern would be a checkerboard where like, you know, the first pixel on the top row is white. The next is black, white, black. The next row down, the first pixel is black. The next one's white. And you just, you know, do that and you get a very tiny dense checkerboard pattern. Uh, but what if you use a little bit of a mathematical formula to make which pixels are white and black more complicated than a checkerboard? Um, and there's basically infinitely many ways you could in theory do that, but some of the ways you can do that are very, very simple to articulate in mathematical notation and produce really interesting looking patterns. Um, and so a guy named Martin Kleppe uh, made a post talking about some stuff that he had uh, come across somewhere. Um, or had sort of stumbled off himself. But basically, if you take the X and Y coordinates on a grid and you do a little bit of math to those, like binary arithmetic in this case, using the XOR function, and whatever number you get out of that when you like basically sift those two binary strings together, you've got a new binary number, and that's just a number. And you take that number and you say, is this number divisible by nine cleanly? And if okay. it is, you 
get a white digit. And if it isn't, you get a black digit. And you just do that for the whole grid. And you get this amazing fucking looking sort of circuit board cityscape kind of thing that just emerges naturally from this weird little bit of math. Um, and he goes on to post a bunch of other examples in that vein and in other veins. But like the whole thing is like you, 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 you describe this entire process as X caret Y percentage sign nine. This is just very short mathematical and programming shorthand for the name of the that number X. Yeah. Do an exclusive or versus the number Y and then divide that by nine and see if there's a remainder. And like it's so succinct and it's, and it produces a whole bunch of really cool different uh different patterns um so yeah I, I i was excited about this in april i did some programming and i made some plots with it because uh, i just got my plotter at the time too um and so <laughs> it's just like it's on metaphor like oh yay and so i jumped in with a couple explanatory comments early on in the thread but there's a bunch of good chatter in there and people talking about uh different ways you can do it uh Jeticus put together uh, a tool so you can actually uh just like fiddle with it uh, in real time online. There's a couple other tools like that linked elsewhere. Um, it's just neat math. It's neat math and it's pretty math. And this is the thing. This is the, this is a thread for two different sorts of people. This is a thread for people who are excited about weird little concise, like bitwise operations and mathematical logic. It's also a thread for people who like looking at pretty patterns. You do not have to know or give a shit or be able to parse any of the math. There's just a bunch of cool pictures attached to this too. So like either one of those works. And I think we have like, an overrepresentative of the math nerds in the actual comments in the thread. Cause that's kind of what there's to talk about. But, uh, but it's also just really cool to look at. Like it has, I think maybe more favorites, definitely more favorites than commenters because there are people who are like, Hey, this is cool. Right. But uh, I don't really know about the math or whatever. Right. I just like to look at it and thank you. So yes, you too may find this cool. I liked it a lot. Neat. Well, I had, uh, now that I'm sort of digging around, I had a couple uh, posts that are just kind of newsy on Metafilter where like, I like to get my news, not like breaking news maybe, but like kind of, you know, bigger, bigger news stuff. Like, uh, well, let me just, I enjoy. Give me an example. Yes. Um, There was a vote that uh, on the right to repair and... The uh, Federal Trade Commission basically said, yeah, you should have a right to get under the hood of your car or your thing that has a little brain in it. And even if that brain has proprietary stuff inside it, you should be able to fix that thing without having to go through, um, you know, the original manufacturer who can then sort of charge you an arm and a leg. Things, Things need to be fixable by, you know, mortals. And I think this came out originally uh you know with those little plug-in things that you can put in your car and get the codes so that you know what little thing is broken if you're somebody who's Mm, handy with automobiles um but there are other other things you know computers sort of especially and i think uh it's really been getting forced by you know the idea of uh self-driving cars i don't know if you saw like the most recent like oh my god but like the moon was so bright in the (laughs) sky the other day that some of the yellow light thought it was a yellow light and just kept driving slower and slower and slower pointed towards the moon and um so and and it's tricky right like like me in vermont sort of talks about this like 
Like there are certain things that maybe it makes sense to have proprietary fixes for because they have standards and they need to be inspected and blah, blah, you know, elevators. Like maybe you have the right to fix your elevator, but it probably still needs to be checked out to, you know, be yeah, sort of legit and legal. But it's a really nice thread from people who often know what they are talking about to, uh, you know, talk about why it's important that we have the ability to do it. It's one of those things like EFF has been really behind it. And uh, that's uh, good, good news in that direction. And I'm happy about that. Uh, Yeah. Oh, sorry. I I was just, I I was, I was happy to hear about it. I heard, I heard the, the, the news sort of in passing, but I haven't seen the thread yet. Uh, And yeah, it sounds like an interesting read. Well, and I think, I don't remember Schneier, somebody like somebody, Oh, uh, Freedom to Tinker was the uh, blog that I always used to read. Let me see if it's actually still there. Um, It was the blog that I used to read about this general topic. Here we go. That, like, can tell you kind of what some of the crucial issues are that are kind of telling you, you know, what the the FUD, you know, fear, uncertainty, and doubt about this topic that's going around. Uh, You know, a lot of ballot stuff. If we can't figure out what's going on inside a... Uh, voting machine. How can we trust uh, the results of our elections? Um, so it's a really interesting topic, generally speaking. And this was a move in what I consider to be the the right direction. Um, and speaking of moves in the right direction, um, the other big newsy news that like I kind of read on Twitter, but I, I really wanted to read more about on Metafilter was uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones and uh, Tanishi Coates joining Howard and they're creating a center for journalism and democracy. And, you know, uh, Hannah Jones was the person who got denied tenure by a very racist University of North Carolina in this just shocking, even even by North Carolina standards, uh, piece of news. She's the person, one of the people behind the 1619 Project. And it's just amazing. And yeah. uh, so them being in uh, UNC, where... Uh, like them being at Howard, where they will not only get the support that they deserve, but also I think be in a in a more uh, collegial atmosphere of people that appreciate the hell out of what they do, which yeah. I think many people do, uh, is just sort of good news for the world, uh, and I'm happy about it. Yeah. So this was no, a post by Nelson. Thank you. Hi, Nelson. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the larger issues is, you know, the the critical race theory attack. Uh, The only reason I mention it is because one of the ladies who runs like a very small library in Vermont that's kind of outside of Brattleboro noticed that there was this big poster for, you know, critical race theory being taught in our schools, a debate kind of thing. And, And the person who was sending it around was a local, uh, I don't even know a polite way of saying this, like she's a local nut from my town, you know, like she's the anti-marijuana campaigner, but not on any like real reason you might be against marijuana, but on a bunch of made up shit that isn't true kind of thing. And, um, you know, she comes to drop in time. I know her, but for whatever reason, now she's all like loaded for bear on critical race theory. And so I've had to have you know, slightly weird conversations with my colleagues about 
what critical race theory is, why it's not being taught in schools, why if you're, you know, in favor of, you know, uh, diversity inclusion initiatives, you should understand about this, but also understand the talking points to dealing with these people. And I just, I, I thought we'd have more time. You know, like, yeah. like I thought we'd have more time before people started trying to like pack the library boards in Vermont. And to be fair, I don't think this is going anywhere in Vermont. Like, I think it's a bunch of uninformed people who are going to be pretty obviously debunked as uninformed. But it's aggravating to have to pay attention to this while there's other things that could use our attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, in the meantime, it just sort of saturates into sort of the background radiation of weird reflective culture war bullshit um, yeah so even if it doesn't go anywhere it also it's not going to go anywhere like if nothing big comes of this weird big pantomime freak out about crt you're still going to hear about crt from people 10 years from now in this game of telephone sort of bullshit about oh well you know you know i heard right so, right well uh, and it's you, exhausting and it's you wind up with a whole bunch of people who are just not very well educated who take their talking points from places they probably shouldn't take their talking points from and around here especially they're your neighbors so you have to kind of find <laughs> ways to like have a conversation without being like only an idiot would think that or you know whatever like a appropriate way to talk about somebody who has a lack of education or cognitive understanding of this while at the same time trying to be empathetic that like if you have a lack of cognitive understanding about it that's a difficult place to be right and and so you know as librarians we're talking about how to combat misinformation but in a way that kind of leaves the door open for saving face or whatever else meanwhile these sort of like people who are being all you know, angry about CRT are not doing the same for, you know, people who don't agree with them. And that's that's always a difficult... That asymmetry is just hugely frustrating. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's one thing to feel like, well, yeah, but you should do the work and you should reach out. And it's another thing to say, yeah, but is you're not meeting in the middle. You are holding up the entire right you are you are my way or the highway meanwhile there's lots of people especially young activists who are making incredible strides in helping people understand racial inequality and a whole bunch of other things and this is fiddly bullshit for them but they have to kind of address it because (laughs) it's just part of the water that other people are living in so yep 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 well have you ever heard of a whammy clavinet what is, well, is, are you me, setting me up for some bad joke, Josh? No, this is this is just the next post. It's a, a clavinet is an instrument. It's a it's a keyboard instrument. Um, I don't even remember how they work. I I want to say it's some sort so of so like analog. clavinet is basically clarinet except with a different letter. Does it have anything to do with clarinets? Uh, no, I, I think it has to do with uh, like clavichords and uh, claviers. Um, it's it's a keyboard uh, instrument. It, I I don't oh, remember wait. what the deal is with them, but I believe it is an analog electronic. Jim was talking about this because it's played in some Stevie Wonder song. Sorry, yeah, it, go it's, on. It's prob- it was probably played in a lot of stuff in I presume the 70s I think would have been sort of like the heyday like the pre-digital synthesizer electronic uh, you know analog synthesizers and and other variously clever electronic keyboard instruments Um, so this is of that ilk um, I don't really I can't tell you anything else about a clavinet off the top of my head Uh, but most of them did not have Stevie Wonder's sound the Chronicle has told me now 
All right. I All mean, right. I think the I think the secret behind the sound was he was a really good uh, musician. But I go know off. The, the, the chronicle uh, is <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah. But but like I thought, uh, Jim and I were talking about this because I was like, oh my god, that funky bass in that thing. And Jim's like, that's not a bass. And I'm like, what? Because he knows the answer to musical things, right? Like sure. I don't know if I think a thing, and he says I'm wrong. It is true, what he says. But he's like, oh yeah, no clavinet. What? Yeah. So go on. Please. So you take a clavinet, you take, you take this musical instrument that's, you know, it's a keyboard instrument. And then you attach a whammy bar to it, which a whammy bar, for anybody who doesn't know what a whammy bar is, is a thing usually attached to a guitar down at the, uh, at the bottom of the guitar at the uh, bridge. I think that's the bridge. <laughs> I play guitar. Ah. Um, but, you know, the, the, the string's down at the bottom near, near the right hand. And, you know, um, you attach a bar to that and you make that bridge itself, like, sort of spring loaded and then you can take the whammy bar and wiggle it back and forth to raise or lower the tension on the strings and thus raise or lower the sound of the strings um and a common thing to do with the whammy bar in that sense is to like be playing a note you're fretting a note with the left hand and then use the whammy bar to throw on some heavy vibrato or yeah some big up and downs uh jimmy hendrix really 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 used the hell out of the whammy bar on his guitars uh, it's a big part of his sound and part of how he gets a lot more complicated and swooping sounds in his solos versus like just fret work, which tends to sound more like arpeggiation and, and yeah, you know, woodly your metal riffing. Um, so the wine bar is Momstein. Thank you. I know one thing. Eddie Van Halen, although he used whammy bar for stuff too, but like, you know, anyway, so basically you attach a whammy bar to a clavinet and all of a sudden you have the ability to play whammy on this, uh, this keyboard instrument and like add heavy vibrato and swoops and whatnot. And that's what this is. This is a, a post by Herald 74, um, that has a cover of Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child, uh, by Lockley Dolly, who I'd never heard of, but I guess he's a musician who has a whammy clavinet. Um, and then also has more info about that and Dolly like talking about the instrument. Um, but it's fucking great. Like, it's just like, it's a great cover. Like, and it really, it sounds like this guy is playing a Jimi Hendrix song, but somehow he's doing it on a clavinet instead of a guitar. I mean, it, it helps a lot that you then feed it through guitar effects pedals to really get that distorted sound. And he's got a, a wah-wah pedal and everything, but it's great. It's, it's a very, very good cover. And it's such a weird way to produce it. And it's a neat instrument. And I, I, I liked, I liked watching it. I liked listening to it. I liked the post. I liked the discussion. Whammy clavinets, man. Neat. And now I've, uh, learned a thing. Yeah. So, uh, I kind of enjoyed. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to mention to you from Jim that the exquisite corpse that is two steps from done. Is that something you're a part of? I, uh, it's, I, I have been part of exquisite corpses in the past. There could conceivably be one that was going around that is still two steps from being done. But It's not, in, uh, it's not on your doorstep. I, I, I literally cannot remember the last time I was participating in one. <sighs> like, like, I don't think it was 2021. Um, so yeah. who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Jim, I could Jim, be wrong, too. Jim sent me a cryptic text. I don't know. All right. So, uh, speaking of, like, interesting discussions, but uh, somewhat complicated ones, this was a uh, pretty interesting uh, post by Grandisor about a guy, Jason, 
who just decided money was bad and uh, hasn't bought anything with money in 18 years. And, you know, it's kind of a combination of like thought slash life experiment and probably some kind of slightly obsessive tendency to, you know, being a refusenik about this to prove a point. Um, And the thread is lively. Um, yeah, this is this is a thread. I will say I know of this thread. I have not read any of it because the many flags and the couple of mod notes that happened, none of them happened during times I was on the clock. So I know it's out there. Right. And I know it's got a couple hundred comments and has had some business, but uh, I don't know anything well, beyond that about the Well, I don't think it turned super bad, <laughs> but there was definitely like kind of a back and forth about like, well, I think this guy is like – being a burden on other people and other people being like, ah, but isn't everybody kind of interdependent in some way? This guy's just interdependent in a money way, which I think like sets off certain people and not other people or people enjoy the idea of the experiment or other people are like, he's a parent. You don't get to, you know, live a life experiment if you have kids. And then some people being like, why are you mad? You know, why, why are you punching down on this guy? I can see a lot of potential angles, uh, from which people would come in having a reaction to to the post. Um, so yeah, that, that 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 does not surprise me that it's a weird. Yeah, thing well, there. and and I do think it's interesting in the conversation. Honestly, for the most part, hey, Eyebrows McGee is in there with a wall of philosophical chatting, which is nice. Um, but basically, kind of talks about you know the philosophy of parenting, which is great. She is she is great when talking about parenting. I think. I mean. Among many other things she is great at talking about. Um, and then, you know, it, it turns into a pretty lively but not yell at each other conversation uh, in a way that I don't think you would get from, like, social media. Uh, but you can get still from people in the field yeah. are having sort of talking to one another. So it was, yeah. I was, I was interested to read about Metafilter's take on this guy where I think if I was reading a non-Metafilter take, it would have devolved much more quickly to people yelling at each other. Yeah. You don't, you don't get the rapid context collapse. I mean, that's, that's a funny thing. It's, it's tricky. I've been thinking about what kind of Metafilter threads I very freely recommend and which ones I, I recommend with like a little bit of like disclaimer. And the disclaimer is usually, you know, oh, by the way, it gets a little bit bumpy because people are having a conversation that's multifaceted and, you know, occasionally stumble. And, like, that's not that bad of a description. It's not like, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's some interesting discussion, but also look out for all of the, you know, the racial slurs and the, the Trumpism. It's like, oh, no, actually, yeah, I, I, I worry too much, I think, about threads being perfect rather than threads just being, like, better than you would expect. You know, better than you expect is a good quality. So Well, and I think you and I share that feeling, right? That like sometimes a thread will diverge from being maybe constructive or useful, but because the site has moderators, it can be re-railed and then turn into a discussion that, you know, not only, I, I don't know if the word is has better potential, but it, it is more useful for all of the people in it. You know, it isn't yeah. held hostage by one person's, you know, kind of aggressive beliefs or it doesn't turn into one like minutia nitpicking most of the time. Not always, yeah. but most of the time. I mean, time. one of my favorite things about just Metafilter generally is is the ability for things to be re-railed, sometimes by the moderators and sometimes just by the community itself being like, yeah. let's let's get a little more, you know. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, that happens a lot, and it's 
something I really appreciate about, you know, Metafilter's membership is like a lot of people are willing to sort of see the thing that could easily be the tipping point for a big stupid derail and say, you know what? Let's not. Let's move on. Yeah, let's let's uh Yeah, or just you know. hey, I appreciate that those are your feelings, but I think you've made them clear and we're not going to keep wrestling with you on this particular topic yeah. and uh yeah, that could be nice. Here's- Which I think yeah. uh you know, bears uh mentioned the one um post. I had thought you made this point post, but I guess you didn't. <laughs> I guess it was Melis Mata. Um, I was I was holding off. Like oh. I will I will make the birthday post uh, if no one else gets around to it and it's getting late in the day. But I uh, always think uh, the birthday is on the 18th for some reason that I cannot immediately conjure. But at any rate, I, I backed into that story. But uh, Metafilter turned 22. And, yes. And Melis Mata made the birthday post, and we saw. You know, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like homecoming. In a, in a way, because a lot of people who have not been on the site at all, you know, not only in the last year, but maybe in the last several years, like they'll show up and make a comment, you know, and, yeah. it's, and it's nice to see, it's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see the people who aren't, aren't around a lot, but will show back up and be like, hey, oh, uh, I, I commented with my baby Jessamine account, which I don't think I've used <laughs> I in maybe a decade. Uh, I actually had to stop and think, wait, was this Jessamine's or was this someone who was like being shitty? No, 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 Jessamine. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think I, the, the last comment I made with that account was in 2015 and it was identical. <laughs> the last comment I made that had any words at all in it was a decade ago. <laughs> so yeah, that was adorable. And I don't remember who drew, drew that picture. I think it was... Either Greg Nog or uh, 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 John Levitt. What was John Levitt's non-John Levitt name account? Oh God, um, the Welk. Thank you, the Welk. Uh, yeah, so it was just fun seeing people do a uh, very little amount of grab ass in this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian is in there. I haven't seen for a long time. I mean, a lot of these people I see other places. Yeah. You know, I see them on Twitter. I see them, you know, in in random other blogs. I see them in newsletters. Druva, Sudama. Uh, it was just cool to cool to yeah. see people. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, like that's that's why they end up showing up. Is like you know, like whether or not you are spending time on Metafilter, there is this larger ecosystem of sort of. You know, a, a extremely low, online social people. network. Yeah, yeah. People, people who are online and they and they still see each other. And so, like the birthday post comes around, and someone will share it somewhere. And someone, will go, oh yeah, it's not that they're setting their calendar for the fourteenth, um, which I guess you could do if if you if you really just. Can't well, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, you probably set your calendar. But like, I saw it on Twitter, right? I don't even know if it was you on Twitter or somebody else. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, hey, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, no, I, I, I I have it very memorized because we ended up using it. Um, well, I mean, partly because I own the site, but. Partly because um, we ended up using it as the baseline birthday for our cats, too, because we didn't know exactly when they were born. And you just sort of have to pick a birthday for the vet for them to record it. Sure. And, and it's, it was about right, because we got them as kittens in, I don't know, February of one year. And so it's like, and they were like maybe six, seven months old. So it's like, okay, well, they could have been born on July Great. 14th. So, okay, it's the cat's birthdays, too. Can I just uh, say, too, that... Uh, one of my, like, I do this meditation in the morning, and one of the things they say is, like, you know, thank someone for someone that they've, something they've forgotten that they maybe did for you. That picture of Bodhi in pajamas that you drew that graces my refrigerator makes me happy <laughs> every day, Josh. Every I'm so glad. day. So I'm so very glad. So thanks for that. 
Uh, yeah. I, I think I removed the middle finger uh, that you sent me in an envelope one year. Ah, yeah. But that maybe I didn't. Maybe I that's done. there too. But at any rate, Bodhi in pajamas. Love it. Yeah. Love that was, it. I, that, was, that was a nice Don't thing. get me wrong. Um, like the other cat too. But don't oh, sure. have a painting of the other cat on my on yeah. my on my fridge. Yes, um, I liked this post uh, that I have to scroll down because it's so long to find out who put John P seventy two made um, about uh, TikTok riffing on Apple bottom jeans. Um, wow, I must have seen this like psychically in like in passing and not seen it specifically because like. Back before TikTok existed and people were just doing this stuff on YouTube, I remember somebody had taught their parrot how to sing it. <laughs> and and just watching a parrot say boots with the fur over and over and over again, like one night I fell asleep with that in at the, you know, in in my mind. And I don't think about this song that often, though I do enjoy it. So uh yeah, tell me more. Well, that song, Low by Flo Rida, uh people started doing covers of it, taking the lyrics and basically putting them in other musical contexts and posting snippets of these, uh, on, I I saw it on TikTok, and maybe it's TikTok centric. Maybe it's been YouTube centric. Maybe it's been both. Who knows? But anyway, that's the whole thing. People just started taking the lyrics to Apple bottoms or, or the lyrics to low, um, and, and putting it into the style of various other songs, um, and that's the whole pitch. Either you will find that amusing or you will not. Uh, oh, but I'm listening to the Motorhead version. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. John, John Sorry, Josh. This podcast big, uh, is over. Yeah. I have to click every link. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. This is, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's It's just an excellent internet goofing phenomenon, and I really, really fucking loved it, and I really appreciate John P72 putting together this post, uh, rounding a whole bunch of them, but definitely not nearly all of them up. Uh, so yeah, if you want some good, uh, TikTok vibey chuckles, this is your post. TikTok vibey chuckles. And I always do. Oh, jo- uh, Jim has clarified, uh, you haven't participated in exquisite corpse, but if you want to, Oh, okay. it is, it is there and fun. And I think, you know, Jim yes. just well, was I, like, Hey, yes. Hey, more, yeah, no, more I, 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 I would probably very much enjoy that. Jim should email me Ugh. instead of making you. Oh my God. <laughs> tell me it about is it. such a thing. Like, I love this man as much as one can possibly love another human being who is a human. But, like, the extent to which I fall into this social coordinator thing, which I know can be like a very cishet gendered thing. So I'm always like, yeah, why don't you drop him a note? Well, you're talking to him right now. You know, <laughs> why don't you guys like arrange to see each other? Well, but you talk to both of us more than and I, and I simultaneously like it's easy for me. But I'm also I, you know, if if it's not easy for me because my day has been really busy or something, I resent it. And uh, yeah. I will tell him to email you and that would be great. Yeah, because uh, apparently it was fun. Um, yeah. Another and also, th- how on earth are you going to convey all the detail? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, and part of it is, I think the reason it's on Jim's mind is because he is overdue for sending his exquisite corpse <laughs> 30 seconds or whatever it is back to Umbu or whoever else he is doing it with. Uh, Umbu. Aesop. Aesop and Umbu. That's a, that's a good crime fighting team right there. Uh, it is. So I think that's him maybe slowly motivating to uh, do the thing. Um, 
Another MetaFilter thing. I see. I you know once once I realized I had yeah. nothing, <laughs> okay, I decided been... to have everything. See, I'm genuinely going to have nothing for Ask MetaFilter. Oh so well, like, good. I'm just going to talk and talk and talk. Uh, unlike the first <laughs> half of this podcast where I was just mysteriously on... silent. Wallflower, fucking wallflower. I uh, I haven't yet responded to Y2 Carl saying that if we we could fund the site entirely with swear jar. Yeah. Because last podcast was very sweary. Yeah, uh, but but who's going to pay? Like, well, exactly, I, I, right? That's if, I, like if I'm out of pocket on it, like like if everybody else will put a dollar in the jar every time I curse on the podcast, yes, we are set. Yeah. I can go for it. It'll be a fucktacular podcast, but yes, otherwise. I mean, I may up my, my monthly contribution, but that may be it. Um, yeah. So- this post uh, by Carmen. I mean, I'm. I, if anyone would like to just make me independently wealthy, I would. You know, well, that's a deal. If I drop dead, Josh, you know, some of some of my uh, some of my filthy lucre will probably wind up with Metafilter. But you uh-huh. should really hope that I stay alive. Yeah. No. I, I. I want. I want you to be in triple digits and the site to be an absolute dinosaur that is still hanging around before we get there. Yes. That is that is my feeling. But I do kind of think about that, right? Like, I want to give the library some money just so they can feel bad about paying me $13 an hour <laughs> to, teach, to teach technology to people who are very bad at technology. And maybe they can name a chair after me or something. It's funny. I don't, you know, I, I have no kids. So, like, my legacy, I don't think about it that much. But every now and again, I'm like, you know, some little plaque with my name on it. Just somewhere. Yeah. Just somewhere would be, you know, would be nice. Uh I think I should, I should, uh, it's a good ask Metafilter question. When I'm, when I'm back around spending more time on the site, I should ask about that. Um, yeah. Cause me and my sister think about that a lot. Right. And you know, we, we did some things for both of my parents, but like we're the kids. So that's what you do. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know otherwise. Hello. Hi. You should eat your yellow vegetables if you want to be like me. At any rate, um, this post. <laughs> sorry, I turned a corner. Jim, Jim's like not allowed to do that, right? Like we're just sort of hanging around, and then all of a sudden he'll be like, "Yeah, so the wildfires are getting really bad in Montana," and I'm like, "What? Why are you?" We were just having a nice time. And like, not that you shouldn't talk about those things, but I'm like, do you want to have a conversation about it? Where can we go from that? Because yeah. I don't know. Did you guys have like the really weird, hazy, smoky? I'm not talking about this post. I don't know what's wrong like with last me. year. No, no, no. Like two days ago. Um, we have not had super weird, hazy in Portland. Like it's been in the vicinity. We woke but... up the other day in Vermont and it was smoky and hazy out. Because of wildfires in Canada and the general way the air has been streaming from the West Coast and the yeah. wildfires. And it was, you know, I'm not going to lie, like it was disturbing, um, especially because ev- that's what everybody then talks about. And then you're just kind of stuck in that thing. Yeah, you're all sort of living in a weird accidental Silent Hill cosplay together. Right, where you talk about, I, I don't know anything about Silent Hill. Sorry, it's it's very foggy there. No, that's okay. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Like That's everybody's all. like, oh, I'm really bummed out about climate change. And don't get me wrong, I am too. But trying to figure out how to have like a social conversation about that, like, you know, with some people, I'll be like, yeah, let's talk about it. What are we doing? How can we help? Blah, blah, blah. But with just kind of acquaintances, I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
turning. Anyway, so 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 the Appalachians <laughs> are incomprehensibly hold up. Like, yeah, you know, I, I nailed so that. I saw this on Twitter, um, which was basically like a tweet thread that everyone's like, "You must read this," and I react negatively to anybody telling me what the fuck I need to do with my life. Um, but if it's people I really trust, I will read a tweet thread. I I got through most of this one before I was like, I hope Metafilter's talking about this because. <laughs> this thread is is too long, and I read Twitter on my phone, so eh, like you move your finger somewhere and suddenly uh, you're reading something else. But basically, the Appalachians are super old, and there's not fossils there because of how like the continents used to be, and so there's basically uh, you know fossils of like you know little old mushy fish and former. Uh, I don't know, smushy things before things had bones, basically. Yeah. So it's a really interesting Twitter thread. But then, you know, we have sort of some of Metafilter's resident experts talking about, you know, what they know about sort of fossils and, and stuff. Uh, you know, the rocks are so old that they, will ma- they were made before the animals in question existed, kind of. Horcus is talking about and uh, and people just talk about how pretty Skyline Drive is and the Blue Ridge and etc. And I didn't really know this, right? Like I didn't know one mountain range was older than another mountain range or why you find fossils in some place and others. And it was nice to have a smart person on Twitter to kind of explain it in a way that makes it easy, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is. I, I have not. I've not seen the thread, but I knew of it, and I've been meaning to look into it because, like, I've, I my, I, I've gotten a lot of ambient uh, sort of geology because Angela is a geologist. And right. I'd be really interested I, in Angela's take on this telling of that story. Yeah. No. I. I I'll. I'll try and point it out to her. Um, I don't know if she saw it independently, uh, but we hadn't talked about it. So. Um, right. But 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 yeah, like I, I have a like to the extent that I have a bit of a grounding in like secondhand geology, it's very Pacific Northwest oriented for the most part because that's the stuff we can go see, right? Um, and so I'm more familiar with the processes specifically that led to uh, sort of the state of the northwestern United States uh, over over the very long time scale. And yeah, the relative youth of our mountains. Um, you know, we have like vol- volcanoes uh, dormant and 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 otherwise, uh, but those those you know that's the thing about pointy mountains, which are the mountains I sort of group being aware of as like the Cascades and the Rockies, is like you know they're pointy because they haven't had time to not become pointy because <laughs> they're relatively fresh. You know, if you make a volcano volcano of a cinder cone and you have stuff coming up up top, yeah, it's going to be pointy. If if you give that like, you know, very, you know, hundreds of millions of years to get resettled, it's probably going to lose a little bit of that uh, sharpness. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, I, I, I would be curious to read this and yeah, I should point it out to Angela because geology is neat it turns out if all you need to do is be married to a geologist and then you'll find out that geology is neat even though you never cared about it before right um i have one other post from the blue i want to mention um and then maybe we'll move on to ask metafilter that sounds great i really liked this post from uh jay harris about the world's first 1541 disk drive graphics demo now if you're wondering tell me more and send me a link I, I pasted it. Oh, no, I, I made that a show note. Damn it. <laughs> There's two fields the of which we never use. What the friggin' 
can, can you see the show note uh, no, field? You probably show can't. notes. I'm I'm going to I'm going to uh, uh, can I paste an image into this? No, I can't. I will text you. Um, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to bother. I don't there's, care. There, 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 there's an there's an extra show notes field that I could use, I guess, as the host to make notes about the show. Oh, um, so being like cut this part. Yeah, I think something like that. If I if I want to do lining, like I just want to complain about you endlessly throughout the show, I I literally never use it because it is it has no utility for us. Like we don't paste these notes raw. I filter them when I make the post. So right, it's it, but it's there and it's on top of it and yeah. So I've probably done that too before in the past and we've had confusion about it too. But anyway, I don't. I this mean, post, we've been doing how many podcasts and I just found out about show notes. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it just doesn't come up. Anyway, um, <laughs> the fifteen forty one disk drive is the disk drive that was for the Commodore sixty four computer, um, and it's you know it's a floppy disk drive. You, yeah, Jim you had disk one. In and use that for blah 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 blah. Like it does absolutely nothing except for read a disk, unless you're a maniac, in which case it does a lot more. Um, so the demo scene for anybody's like demo of what demo scene is people finding ways basically to make computers, typically older, underpowered computers, do cool things through clever, aggressive programming. Sure. Uh, and there's a whole history of posts about it on, on the on the site and a lot of stuff out there. But basically, this guy, uh, Matthias Cram, created a demo that just runs on the disk drive, disk drive of a Commodore 64. Like, one of the first things he does is disconnects the computer from the monitor, which is pretty much not how you would show you know stuff on a monitor during a demo because the computer's the thing doing the thing but he managed to make the disk drive do all the work and put a little little program into it and then the disk drive produces graphics and it produces music because the mechanics of the disk drive like there's no speaker attached either it's just like using drive noises movements to create you know music oh my god and it's it's very cool. It's oh one of those things that's like, it's, it's cooler if you have a little bit of context for why it's cool. Cause otherwise it's like, well, these graphics aren't amazing and this music isn't amazing, but like, no, it's fucking, it's fucking great. It's a great trick. This so, is, so wait, wait, where do the graphics, the graphics show up on the monitor that's attached to the disc drive? Am I understanding yeah. that correctly? Okay. Yeah. It's attached to something. It's not. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he splices together some connection between the monitor cable and the output of the drive. Like the, the the cable there. Well, and these um, threads are so interesting, right? Because if you read people's comments, like you read like rum soaked space hobo, and he's like, you know, the drive is really a fifteen forty one two, you know, <laughs> a late eighties fifteen forty one because blah 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 blah. But I mean, that's cool, right? Like he's not well yeah. actually. They are not. No, it's well just like yeah, there's. Yet. There's there's lots of interesting details. Like this stuff is always a bit over my head because I was not like. Uh, I, I was not a. I, I've never been a demo scene person. I've never been like a hardware person. The amount of knowledge involved in making this stuff work is always very impressive to me. And I know enough about some of the sort of micro architecture of computers and like instruction sets and things like the buses that are you know where data runs back and forth between different components. I can kind of understand the ideas going on with them, uh, but I'm always absolutely floored by the depth of knowledge and the depth of detail involved in figuring out how to do crazy stuff like this that was never intended to be supported, never intended to be how it was used. It's just people saying, hey, I see this technology. I see this bit of hardware. I could do this thing with it. I will do this thing with it. Right. How do I get this thing done? Right. Yeah. 
And then, and then the entire demo scene is kind of a long series of hold my beers where people's like, okay, yeah, but what if you did this, um, weird thing with that hardware that it wasn't meant to do? Um, so yeah, it's great. It's fun to watch. There are currently exactly 69 favorites on the post. Nice. Nice. Um, you can just trust me to say that. I, 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 I feel like I'm still navigating that. All right. It's, it's not distrusting you. It's me just feeling... I don't know, feeling responsible. I've basically changed my mind about how dipshitty and appropriate I think that is. And now I think it's okay. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you didn't have to change your mind, but I'm, I'm No, no, no. It wasn't you. It was just kind of me glad. being like, ah, this is just 100% an internet thing and not like yeah. a weird pervy thing that I'm somehow yeah. partaking in if I continue. Although the last Bill and Ted movie sucked. <laughs> I think we talked about that at length. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Wasn't um, any good. They got older. Their s- wife stayed the same age. Moving on. Oh, that 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 new M Night Shyamalan film, uh, Old. I think it's just called Old. Mm. I've really only experienced it through Twitter jokes and like one. I haven't trailer even experienced have it in on Twitter jokes. He has he has he has a new movie out, and apparently there's a beach, and if you're on that beach, you age very quickly, and that's that's the setup. Um, so there were lots of jokes about aging and whatnot, and beaches, and IMDb. Someone- speaking of aging poorly, like they did they did a redesign, <laughs> and I do not love it. But I'm sorry, go on. Um, I, I someone took the scene from. Uh, Dazed and confused, I think, where Matthew McConaughey is saying, "That's the thing about high school girls, man." Oh yeah, they yeah, keep yeah. Getting older, I stay the same age, or I keep getting older, they stay the same age, and, and just turned that into some sort of joke about the beach and getting older and whatnot. I think it was like, "That's the thing I love about girls who are not on this weird beach with me." Ha, um, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, that's all. That's me badly reporting secondhand a meme about a movie I probably won't see. Uh, let's talk about Ask Metafilter. Okay. What do you got? Great. Well, um, uh, well, one thing right up front is uh, the Pluto Gangsta came to Vermont, and we gave them, uh, they wanted to go to Vermont someplace, they didn't say specifically, but maybe my town, and um, their traveling companion uh, has mobility issues, and so what's fun to do in this sort of loosely amorphous area in Vermont given that somebody has mobility issues, so we're probably not going to go for a big hike, but we'd like to see some things that are cool about Vermont. And so a bunch of us uh, from Vermont talked about things that are good, and um, they reported back on the 26th that they went and got maple creamies in my town, which I'm very pleased about. They did not have great weather, so sorry about that, but oh my God, we're happy for the rain. And, uh, you know, I recommended, like, here's a place you should go and get maple creamies, which are kind of our thing. Like, it's maple soft serve. And they got it from the Silloway Farm, which is, I've spoken about it at length, um, as the place to go to get uh, maple syrup, maple creamies, maple candy, like, you name it. And then they also went to the American Precision Museum, which I don't know if any of us recommended, but is a dynamite place to go, um, not a lot of walking, and you can see uh, old, like, belt-driven, you know, lathes and weird old machines that they keep in really good order. And I don't remember what his username is on Metafilter. I think it's SJ Alex something, something, something. His father runs that place and is the, the nice. mechanic at that place. And I met him once when I was working at a library around the corner. So, at any rate, it was a fun thread. 
and uh, I was really happy that they had a good trip. So I'm very happy. And they went to see the quarry. I mean, you know you're in a weird state when you're like, where should I go see? Uh, I don't know, the quarry? Like, you know, hole in the, <laughs> hole in the ground? The whole state? Quarry. Probably quarry. Yeah. Yeah. See the quarry. Uh, so I was happy that they had a good trip. And then the second one that I wanted to lead off with was a slightly new uh, Metafilter user, Oracle IA, who uh, <clears throat> has been asking some questions about... Uh, Actually, they're not a super new user, but I've seen them asking a couple questions recently. Um, who wants to know why questions that are asked on Ask Metafilter get answered and get lots of in-depth answers compared to places like Reddit and Quora yeah. and just asking about it? You know, yeah. not not like trying to like pick a fight about it or whatever. I mean, it's a question that could have just as easily been in MetaTalk. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people talking about kind of what they what they think works here, and I appreciated that. This is a funny one. Like, I, I really like this thread, and it was nice to read through it. And I'm going to say, like, straight up, like, <laughs> vulnerable moderator commentary. <laughs> it was really nice to read through this thread. And, yes. Uh, because I think one of the challenges, like, a couple of people did flag this as basically, hey, shouldn't this be on MetaTalk? Right. And in terms of our typical practice, MetaTalk would be more appropriate because it's MetaFilter related. But on the other hand, if this had been a post on MetaTalk, we would have gotten MetaTalk flavored answers. And instead, we're hearing from people who kind of interface with the site significantly through Ask MetaFilter. And that's a different set of answers. Like, right. it's not necessarily a wholly different set of people. There's definitely overlap there. But the context in which people are answering is not like, well, let's really talk about what is and is not successful on MetaFilter and let's discuss like whether it's actually accurate to describe this as high engagement and people probably right. likely to come out and kind of hobby horse and bring out, well, here's something I'm unhappy about. And like, it would just be a very different discussion. And instead right. we I got a comment talking. moderated and I'm still mad kind of thing. Yeah. It yeah. happens. If the moderation so good, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to see people answering from an Ask Metafilter perspective about stuff. Right. And you saw things like I have, a, I have a rare cancer or I'm dealing with this kind of complicated parenting issue or I've got this sort of special needs person and you don't want people coming in being like, well, I don't know anything about cancer, but, you know, you just don't get those kinds of answers for the most part. You know, obviously there's people yeah. who are new in any community who maybe don't sort of understand it. But I do think the rules more or less make sense not always, but mostly. And so you do get a lot of, you know, people who are really trying to be thoughtful about it and not a kind of a for the lulls upvote me stuff or that stuff doesn't stick around, which is also completely okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked it. I just, it was neat to see, you know, I don't, I don't do as much thinking about like, you know, Metafilter as Metafilter kind of, uh, and it's just, it's just good to see other people having, having, having given those, done those thoughts and et cetera. Yeah. 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 It's nice to sort of get outside my own head on that sort of thing. And right. see other people's takes too, which is good. Right. Um, I liked this linguistics-ish question from Oh, FDL. this one was so weird. Yes. This, go on. It, it, this is, this is like, it's a messy lay linguistics question is what it is. Like, you know, like there's no, nothing wrong with the question. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. It's an interesting question, and it's a messy – it's not that the question is messy. It's that it's it's a hard question to write in a super clinical way because the thing they're talking about is weird and confusing and inconsistent and depends a lot on context. And that is they're saying basically 
why I, I'm trying to think that the, the, the nut of their question is I'm trying to think of a noun that can't very logically be preceded by the, and the only one I can think of right now is outer space. Democracy. There's only one. Um, and the thing is, this is really tricky. Like, you know, you, there can be context in which you refer to something as a, as a countable or uncountable thing. There can be, practice that makes something sound weird or sound normal. Like the, the, the common example, someone brings this up right away is like, you know, you say I'm going to the hospital in the United States, in England, you would probably say I'm going to hospital. You definitely do. Yeah. And it's not like, there's not a logical reason for this per se. This is a matter of practice. And like, it's two contradictory answers to the same question in, you know, two places separated by a common language. Um, and that sort of gets to some of the difficulty. Like you can, not to say there aren't things you can talk about either. And people try and pick through what they can and sort of come up with examples that illustrate what common trends are and what, what, what exceptions are. Um, and basically try and tackle it a little bit more structurally, a little bit more generally than just the specific uh, core question in there. Uh, but it, it is, it's a mess. It's, it's, it's linguistics is interesting. Language is interesting. And oftentimes it's really hard to get to a satisfying, uh, discreet answer to a question because the answer is like, boy, we just are winging it. Or, or meat it, sacks. It really depends. Yeah. Like on whatever. Cause people are like the horticulture, but they're like, but you would say the horticulture industry, you know? Or like my example, like democracy. I don't think you would say the democracy, but that's because it's a weird kind of noun, not because it yeah. necessarily fits this pattern the user's describing. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I liked it. It was fun. In the uh, – Jasmine talks about uh, the library posts. Uh, this was a post by Claire DeLune who checked out a book from their local public library and found that it was signed and inscribed by kind of an important American writer. Like, do you think the library knows? Should they know? This might be valuable. What should I do about this thing? You know, I might, maybe, maybe they don't know this. What's going on? And, and, you know, so there's a bunch of people who are like, hey, you know, these books are yours. Like, they belong to the community. Goodbye Waffles has kind of the first, like, hey, I'm a librarian comment. And, you know, you can let people know, but they probably know. And it's probably okay. Like, libraries don't, public libraries especially, like, look at their collection and they're like, ah, this book is valuable. Let's just sell it and buy a cheaper version of this book because, you know, we need to optimize the money op- angle from this, you know, from our from our content and not the whatever uh, thing. So, it's yeah. it's... It's neat, but basically it was a collection of plays by August Wilson. They mention it later on in the thread. Uh, and it's inscribed to a person. And uh, yeah, so it's just kind of, hey, you found a neat thing at the library. Cool. Yeah. You know, tell the library just in case, but probably it's okay that that book is just on the shelf because, you know, I say this over and over again, but like the books in the public library belong to the public, you know, even though some libraries don't act that way. <laughs> You know, I feel that the more we understand that we are just stewards of community information, uh, the better we have relationships with our larger community, for the for yeah. the most part. So I enjoyed that thread. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, I have a I, I, I do have one other commission. I have a uh, an update on I mentioned this I think last month, but the what is this song question from Trespassers William. 
Um, I love that username so much. Yes, yes. And, and now I remember that it's a poo thing. Oh, good. Uh, but not a poo thing. Uh, anyway, uh, um, there has been one new comment, I think, since we last discussed it. Winnie, uh, whose middle Popkin. name is the... Yes. Ah, in England, they just say Winnie Pooh. Um, is it Give Me Hope Joanna by Eddie Grant? Asked Concordia. And we do not yet have a response ah. from Trespassers William on the subject. So ah. maybe next month I can follow up with another update. Ah. But that's the what song is this update. Great. Well, speaking of sounds, um, I saw this. Sa- nice transition. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed this post uh, just because I liked thinking about it. Um, by FTM, again, uh, um, basically trying to compile a list. It's a list generating questions, also some of my favorites. Uh, Radio announcer clips. You know, they make it sound kind of AME. I think the example that I always think of is like rock and roll radio, where, you know, this is rock and roll radio, like, and then the song goes, and so, you know, you get that you're kind of listening to the radio, but also as part of the song. And so, you know, they were like, we built the city and rock me Amadeus. What are some other ones? And it's just a great list of, you know, people generating songs that have this little sort of trope in it. In fact, there's probably like a TV tropes uh, version of it or whatever. But there's a lot of people and there's a big... uh, The End of Baby Driver by Simon and Garfunkel. Like, it's been around for a while. And uh, yeah, and it's a very long thread of uh, songs that fit this specific uh, this specific thing. 63 answers. Pretty cool. Nice. Now, I, oh, sorry? Oh, no, I just, I, I, I tend to, I am kind of a sucker for that move in the production on a song, and also, like, I'm not that super deeply listened in terms of my music, like, coverage. So, like, this is a sort of thread where I immediately, like, search for the two examples that popped to mind and, and they were both mentioned, so I don't need to do anything. Yeah, well, that was kind of me. I was like, I thought of a couple examples that I could think of, and they were all there, so I was like, great! Uh, yeah, but I hope they got a lot of uh, good songs. like a ask me question i'm really hoping there is a update to um but essentially squink um heard sounds coming out of their ipad in the middle of the night uh where the male voice with an indian accent says hello female voice with an american accent says can you believe we have control over the microphone Well, that's not great. Well, nerve-wracking, right? <laughs> and and it is kind of interesting because, you know, it felt like like a like an audio call, the the iPad was closed, you know, what's going on? Like it felt kind of like a hallucination, but also I mean, and this is really tricky, right? Because if somebody said this to me, like a friend, my first thing would be like, you were asleep and dreaming. Because Jim has sometimes had these kind of like, he's awake doing a thing, but he doesn't, you know, at all remember it. And, you know, that's just how some people sleep, right? Um, and then other people were like, well, maybe there's like an app you put on it that like, you know, has malware and the malware kind of makes you feel like your iPad is being taken over, but it's not really being taken over. 
um, you know, they're running the latest OS. There's no beta stuff on it. Other people have mentioned having similar things. You know, maybe it's like this yeah. weird new spyware um, that Night Recordings, upon hysterical, mentions. And um, I'm, I would really like to get an update about this because, yeah. you know, it's just... Like, it's a little not believable, but also that person says that's what happened to them. And I would like to know if there's sort of a a non-don't-trust-your-technology update. And, of course, you know, there's a ton of people who are like, nah, never trust your technology, uh, of course, kind of, which are not really super helpful answers. But, uh, yeah, I, I would like to know what is what is going on with Squink's iPad. And they And they... They restored it to factory settings, and the problem hasn't happened since. But, yeah. 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 Interesting question. And if That's, somebody yeah. knows anything about that, it would be really nice if you could uh, let them know. It would be nice to get to the bottom of. Yeah. Yeah. Freaky deaky. Right? I think it's a technical term. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple <laughs> more. Lay mommy. Uh, speaking of freaky, uh, artificial lard. Uh, moved to a new place and their gas bill is off the hook high. And there was, you know, they did some construction when they moved in. The gas uh, had to be reattached and metered. Uh, Old unit, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, basically all they did was boil water and took showers. And then, you know, they called Con Ed and Con Ed was like, eh, we'll, t- we'll take a look. Maybe it was estimated. And basically, they're just kind of like, I don't know what to do with this situation. And and it was nice because people who also live in North Carolina, um, basically, did I say North Carolina? What the fuck? Who <laughs> live in New York. Does that ever happen? Like your Rolodex just gets stuck like one before or one after what you no, want to I've be never, talking I've, about? I've never misspoken in my life. Ah. I am uh, ah. a, a vibrating crystal of perfect diction and recall, and my wires uh, are never crossed. Ah, that must be nice. I'm basic. I'm basically a god. Must be nice. Must it's, be nice. It's 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 a terrible burden. Ugh. Ugh. So, <laughs> you were saying North Carolina. Yeah, people in New York who know how to interact with Con Ed are like, you've got to, like, you can do this and do this. Don't take their no for an answer. And it has a really nice uh, wrap up basically the next day. Like, you know, I got through the person and I called and they were like, your bill is definitely wrong. So let's, you know, adjust it. You have to wait for a month, but that should work okay. Like they basically did, got historical billing for their unit that indicated, yeah. you know, that, yeah, they were basically, they had a gas bill as if they had a giant house and they had a tiny apartment. Yeah. So good news. Happy about that. Yay for that. resolution. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I only have a couple more just to like, you know, quick notes on. Because I was either interested in them or uh, commented in them. Um, Friends anxiety makes me angry slash anxious. Somebody who's managing their own anxiety and who has friends who maybe are either not managing their anxiety as well or have worse anxiety but kind of dump stuff on them. And they find that this 
makes them really anxious, but then they feel like a bad friend if they're like, please don't dump your anxieties on me because, you know, all, all their friends are have various levels of anxiety. And so trying to figure out what's, what is an appropriate way of working with your friends. So, you know, if you bust your ass to not like dump your anxieties on your friends, but you feel like maybe they don't do the same in response, it's an interesting thread of how to manage it. I have this problem like... You know, I try really hard to manage my own shit. I feel like I deal with a couple people who maybe don't either try as hard or don't have as much luck or maybe just aren't as far along the path, right? But sometimes I feel like maybe they're not trying, but you don't know, you know what I mean? And it's hard because I find I can sometimes only do well if I stay away from those friends and then I feel like a bad friend, right? And so trying to manage that, I have a long comment about this. And also then they had uh, the person who asked this question, uh, Unicorn Chaser, also maybe has some friends who are just jerks, you know, and that's a different problem. But one of the things I think the thread is helpful for is there are people who are like, yeah, that friend sounds like it may be just a jerk. Uh, and it, sometimes that's helpful to have somebody be like, no, it's okay for you to not yeah. put up with that. But I think it's hard. I think for, you know, anxious people, boundary setting can be difficult yeah because it's one of those things where like you you probably hope to find an outcome where the thing that is a problem isn't and like the hope is that it's like the ideal case and this is the case i've i've found myself is finding out how to sort of navigate those mutual anxieties and mutual boy i'm stressed and can't quite deal situations so you can sort of trade off and set a boundary is like really useful like being right. able, it's much it's much better to be able to say to someone hey I'm sorry, I really, I'm having a hard time right now and I can't really do the listening and support thing on this at the moment and have them be able to understand that as like, oh, that's a legitimate thing. Okay, we'll both be stressed out independently for a little bit here. Right, that what you're saying is not right now, not no to your feelings or no to you. Exactly, you know, and if that works, that's great. And maybe if that's not working with someone, part of the problem is that they aren't even going to try and make it work. Which is, hey, maybe that's kind of shitty. Maybe, maybe that's you not really giving a shit about me and just wanting an outlet, or or not being able to for various reasons, right? Like, I I have a friend yeah. who who grapples with this a little bit, and I really like her. But part of the thing is she kind of requires me to be constantly setting the boundary, you know, where I'm, you know, like something basic, right? Like I can't really have a phone call more than half an hour right now because whatever, I'm really busy. I don't have that time available, whatever. And so if we have a phone call, which I already don't like having phone calls, (laughs) but I can do it like, you know, I try to get over myself and not be like, I will never talk to you on the phone. Um, Yeah. But then, you know, I'm like, okay, half an hour. And then, you know, 29 minutes, I'm like, I'm going to have to get going soon. And then like 31 minutes, like she's kind of still like really not wrapping things up 35 minutes. And I'll be like, look, I just have to go. And she'll be like, okay, goodbye, kind of. And I'm like, you know, I it's not fair for me to every single time be the timekeeper when I've yeah, already exactly. indicated what the time is. And I understand I have to be part of it. But like, that's kind of my example, right? Like that. And my friend acknowledges that like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, you set that boundary. And I'm like, well, but it's really stressful for me that like, you can't, once I've set a boundary, you can't help me meet it, you know, but I'm not sure, right? I, because of being an anxious person, like, I'm not sure how much is appropriate for me to, you know, just do I just say I got to go at, you know, 30 minutes and hang up. That's what I definitely do at Zoom calls where I tell people I have a hard stop. <laughs> like, I got a hard stop at five. And if people are still talking at five, I'm like, sorry, I got another meeting. Click. 
Um, yeah. But ideally, in a, in a situation where it's more of a casual friend of course. you shouldn't have to announce hard stuff. Like, that's... That is yeah. my feeling. But again, you know, because... Whatever. I was raised by wolves in some ways, and I was always supposed to be attentive to, like, what my parents wanted, and it doesn't matter what I wanted. Like, sorry, Kid Jessamine. Like, that was hard. Um, how much of that is my responsibility is a, is an open question I have a hard time with. And so I enjoyed – maybe enjoy is not the right answer. But uh, I reading the other answers made me feel better about some of the decisions I've had to make with friends yeah. who are both people I love and also sometimes difficult to interact with in ways that are not improving. You know, it was it was gratifying and reassuring to see evidence from others of experiences you yourself have. Yeah, and I like getting to you know uh, answer for people being like, yes, that is also something I grapple with. That is a real thing. It's okay that you feel like a weird bad friend, you know, here are things that would be bad being a bad friend in my read. Here are things that are just you being, you know, setting a boundary. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And so another uh, thread that I thought was good, but also like challenging along these same lines, uh, was, was uh, Aranquis, who is a straight female woman, person of color, really feels like they're not going to find a life partner and want to simultaneously get to a better place about feeling that way, but also just kind of like, here's the things, like they like their life, you know, like they live someplace they like, they have friends, they, you know, they've got a job that they like, I think, um, you know, but they're introverted and single and are trying to feel like, how, how do I do that? You know, I'm, I'm just quoting like, I'm black, overweight, slightly weird, introverted, ugly, it's not going well for me. And like, that's hard. I mean, it's hard both to feel that way, which obviously has some subjectivity to it, but some objectivity to it, and hard to be like, maybe I didn't try enough when you're already feeling like you've tried kind of as yeah. much as you want to try. And yeah, it is a very supportive and not, you know, denial-based, like, well, I'm sure you're fine. You know, there's, it's another thing I like about Metafilter, right? Like, people will try and be like, you feel how you feel. Like, maybe... Maybe there's some negative self-talk that you could work on, but also your feelings are your feelings and they are real. And there are a lot of comments, some from like people who have been single for a long time, some from people who weren't or who met somebody significantly later in life. And also like, hey, you've really got some really good things going for you, not to diminish your feelings, but it's, it's, a, it's such a supportive thread and and i and yeah. i liked that i mean you know me like i had like kind of one partner who was a terrible fit when you know back in the early days of Minifilter. and honestly i met my current partner who i do not live with and you know <laughs> i think that is the the key to our loving relationship you know at a metafilter meetup when i was 39 and different people hit different milestones at different parts of their lives which is a thing to know while you can at the same time be like, yeah, but I don't really feel good about where I am with my yeah. milestones right now. And it's a, it's a sweet thread. And, um, you know, I'm sorry, Aranquis is like not only struggling, but just is feeling this way. Uh, but also there are people, single people in the thread who are like, well, here's how I look at it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's helpful. So I appreciate our friendly, helpful nerd community, especially for stuff like that, which can be harder for nerds, I think. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I say that in the nicest way possible, but yeah, it's a fucking challenge. And it was really nice that, um, 
that people could could help them out. So I think that's, well, that's my last that's my last my last note from Ask Meta Filter that I had in my in my queue. Um, all right, um, you guys don't have like an Olympics catch-all in fanfare or anywhere else do you? i'm not sure we talked about it there was there was a thread for the opening ceremony i think uh, we were talking about doing a open sort of catch-all fanfare thread um maybe i'll follow up on that today uh when i'm clocked in later yeah i mean um, i really like having a catch-all thread especially in fanfare just because i think that's what fanfare is for but you know me and this is my hobby horse so i don't want to bug you yeah, about yeah. it because <laughs> the site belongs to you but Uh, That might be a a way. Oh, I also have to mention, I really enjoyed sneaky pet slash kid stories. The meta talk that that Lobster Mitten posted kind of in the middle of July, only because I always love a chance to trot out the my cat shat in my grandmother's shoe story from when I was a kid. Yeah, I'll I'll do a a quick sort of go over of of meta talk stuff like the, the big the big sort of policy. Well, two two, I guess, policy related threads. Uh, one is literally that there is a formal privacy policy now. We we finally got done with the process of Congratulations. working with the legal team to get that put together, and yay! It's it's like it's excitingly boring, right? Like no one no one on staff is excited about the privacy policy. No one on the site's going to be particularly excited about the policy per se. But it's good to have gotten this done. Like it's a meaningful and important sort of modern step for the site to take to have this document. So it's great to have that in place. And we've talked a little bit about some of the implications of it in terms of like legal language versus actual practice on the site and so on. Uh, So that's good. Uh, The other big announcement was budget is real tight. And so we've moved to a 75% coverage model for the time being. Is it really 75%? Like I I saw the calendar, but it seemed like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's roughly that. So it's like, you know, there's, and that's spreading out over the course of the week. You know, it's a little bit more than that on weekdays. It's basically half time on on weekends, like three hours on, three hours off. Well, and as someone who used to work on Sundays, like they're quiet. They, they can they can range from nicely burbling, which is how I describe them. You know, little babbling brook, like boop 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 yeah. boop boop, or dead. And then I always felt like bad about taking Benefilter's money. You know what I mean? Because I'd just be like, I'm not even sure what I can work on. Like, I can do the FAQ, I guess. Like, yeah. And I think that's challenging because um, obviously the jobs are well paid and they will continue to be that way. But you want to find other things moderators could be doing if the site's not really happening or not have as much coverage during those times if they're predictable, yeah. which it seems like they were. Yeah. And so for now, we're, we're going with not as much coverage. Um, and we'll see if we can uh, change that in the long run, depending on funding and whatnot. Um, like I said earlier, we'll talk about fundraising soon. Uh, but in the meantime, it's yeah, it's it's an adjustment for the mod team because not directly handing off every time is a big social change compared to how it's worked forever. Right. Although um, it's really and, nice that you guys have the Slack, which means people can leave yeah. notes and, and other stuff in a way that people can catch up on. I did always enjoy the like sort of handoff, uh, like, you know, at the end of the day when I work nights, I, I don't, it was like Taz a lot of times or Lobster Mitten or Eyebrows McGee, like just be like, oh, sleep well. And it was just, oh, it was very sweet. But yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's basically, it's going okay. The, the biggest concern I have is like something will hit at a time when no one's scheduled and no one's sort of loosely around and like spin up into a mess. But I mean, you and I both remember working on the site uh, back in the late 2000s when, like, that was kind of every single night and also sometimes during the day. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't mean to make you think about it too much. Every um, time I see a Slack advertisement during 
during the Olympics, Josh, I shake my fist at, you know, what leadership we could have and did not have. That's all I will say about that. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, professional life we've shared together. Yes. Um, and very anyway. specific. <laughs> so so th- that's, that, that's something we'll, you know, continue to talk about, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, that was kind of like the news, but they're also like, there were nicely, there's the meta talk stuff, the, uh, the meta talk tale stuff. Um, there was an interesting thread that, uh, Bendy posted earlier in the month, which is, I actually put an initial note in just sort of reminding people this is a public site because, you know, Hey, talk about your budget in detail. That's a cool thing to do if you feel comfortable, but also remember that you're talking about your budget in, in public in case you're not comfortable with that. This was so fascinating to me because I find money really interesting, right? Like just it's just a topic that is interesting to me, how people deal with it, how people don't deal with it, how people with it deal with it, how people without it deal with it, you know, how people attribute other things to things that are money things. And so just watching people kind of talk about like, you know, what things cost, what what things in their life cost, like how how things may have changed if they're comfortable with it. Obviously, you don't have to be comfortable with it. It is okay to not want to talk about it at all or to want those things to be private. That is fine. Um, but it was just interesting. I derailed it a little bit because my maple candy budget is about five bucks a month. <laughs> the, I included the link earlier in our discussion, but like that really was part of like, you know, COVID for me was spending money locally on yeah. stuff. And part of that stuff included a pound of maple candy every, you know, six weeks or five weeks to keep morale up. Um, or, or like now that the thrift store is a little bit more accessible to me, you know, going and buying sort of random random clothing. And it's interesting to see like who has, you know, like Darling darling Bree, Darling Bri, you know, they have a certain amount that they spend on dog walking, you know, because they have dogs and that's just a budget item. And yeah, it was fascinating thread. There was also, let's see, this was the other one I wanted to mention, uh, which was interesting as a two-parter because it started off as, this was Cursed uh, asking, hey, do you respond differently to an ask from the anonymous account versus a software Oh, yeah. Um, which is an interesting question. And this is, this is one of those, inter- I, I love this sort of meta talk question because it's, it's such an experiential, like what's your model of Metafilter in your mind and what's your model of other people's mental models of Metafilter and how do you factor that in? Um, so it had people talking about like how they react to these different things and whether it affects how they answer and whether it affects, you know, whether they engage. Um, but it also had a thing that came up with, um, it turned into like a digging through prehistory and fixing an old, uh, oh, God, yeah. dumb thing. Sh- Schrodinger mentioned, Hey, you know, I just can't use the anonymous feature. And, you know, I've asked about it before and I don't know what's up. Uh, but I just I just can't use it, and I went looking because like that didn't really sound right. Right, I was told also, I was using it too much, and I was not allowed to yeah. use it. And yeah, yeah, and, and, I and still like that, can't. Yeah, yeah, and the that conversation we've had with users a few times over the years, like it, I would say, it literally comes up every you know two or three years, maybe max. Right, but it happens every once in a while. You'll see someone like really overusing that when they should. You know, okay, set up a sock puppet for your privacy related questions. Uh, this isn't how much we expect someone to use this. Right, or somebody um, who needs something to be even more anonymous than you can make it. Yeah, like I need this um, to never be traceable to me is not a thing. Uh, you know, the owner of the site can always trace it if they need to, but only literally by piecing yeah. pieces together as a puzzle, kind of. Yeah. So I ended up like I ended up like talking through that process in detail 
um, after it was flagged up as, oh, hey, Cortex, can you come see what's up with this? Right. Well, also um, because I was like, we don't know who asked the questions. And Schrodinger's like, well, <laughs> actually. And I was like, oh, shit. Right. Like, we yeah. don't know who asked the questions, but we know who's using it a lot because of how the weird process used to work. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we know who has asked a question, but we don't know what question they asked, and we don't know the, – the database doesn't know who asked it and so on. Basically, if you're interested about the details of this somewhat complicated Read thing, this I have thread. a long comment in there because, yeah. And one of the things is that back in the day, we did tell Schrodinger, hey, you know, you need to use the anonymous uh, feature less, maybe set up a sock puppet. And we had a conversation over email, and I thought it was resolved, and I think you thought it was resolved. And it turns out it was not resolved because Matt or PB did not undo that at the time. And then uh... – Fucking 12 years later. I right, and Schrodinger emailed and, and somebody didn't reply, which yeah, used to happen yeah. more than it does yeah. now. And Yeah, this was, this was, yeah, again, like 2009, 2010, when we did not have a good policy for, hey, try and follow up on every contact form. Not try, so, yeah. follow up. Yeah. <laughs> if the policy well, I mean, is still try. You, 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 the, the policy is try and you can still fail sometimes. Like every once in a while, something will slip through the cracks for whatever reason, possibly. Sure, but the policy are, can be but you like, do it. But if the expectation, yeah, if the expectation is you do it, then it's a lot more likely to happen. Anyway, so that it was a weird, like, it was a combination, interesting culture discussion and a weird trip through like old email archives for me and, and laying out some of the details of how the anonymous question system works. And yeah, that's all. It was a, it was a pile of meta talk is what it was. Um, and I think that's that's about it. Like you know, there's there's meta talk tales. There's occasional fun threads and there's a couple meetups. And whatnot. Seattle couple meetups. Seattle meetup coming up. Maybe IRL meetup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the rest of summer and the beginning of school looks like. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah pay a little bit more attention to Metafilter. I was taking a little bit of a break, and I can maybe yeah, we'll, take we'll, a little we'll less of a break. The, welcome back to the fold. Hey, hey. Um, Oh, there think, was that. That's... There was that great question. Actually, speaking of the fold, um, about hold on, I will find this really quick. I promise. Uh, Origami. Uh, that, that, Laundry. No, uh, no. N- n- newspaper editing. No. Um, um, t- religious. Yes. Excommunication. Sort of. Uh, basically, this was a question. I had this marked, and then I just moved on from it. But it fits in here so well. Uh, Charity Garfane. Uh, basically asked, like, how commonplace is it to cross your arms at communion to receive a blessing instead of the Eucharist in Catholic churches? Uh-huh. And I knew about this because I used to date a former Catholic, and I am Jewish, and so he would, you know, and we went to a wedding, like of uh, like a Catholic wedding, where they actually do communion during the wedding, or I'm sorry if there's different words for it, I don't know it. Um, but, you know, people go up and receive the sacrament uh, and... You know, I was like, I don't want to just sit in the back of the fucking church while everybody lines up. And he's like, oh, that's okay. You can just go up and cross your arms in front of you and then they will bless you, but they won't give you, uh, you know, the wafer or whatever. And that way you're not kind of pretending to be Catholic, which is probably a good idea because it's against the rules, law, whatever, however you put it, for Jews to receive communion. And I was like, that's fine. I didn't want it anyhow. Um, (laughs) But the question is really like, is that a known thing? Because basically yeah. they were raised knowing this thing, but was wondering if it's kind of true for Catholicism across the board. You know, what's your experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I think I actually have the last comment in there because I was like, oh, I remember doing this at Blakester's wedding. He's an old school Metafilter person. Um, 
But yeah, it was interesting. I'm sure Eyebrows McGee can show up and know a whole bunch about it. I don't think I saw her in that thread. But I, yeah, I often I think about her as the person I go to with my questions about Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, and and I, I grew up, uh, I was raised Catholic mom, Jewish dad. Right. Um, so there's a lot of Catholic church in my, like, you know, pre-teens or, or, or pre- Pre, the, the pre years where prior you could make to a when choice. I was a teenager. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, my single digits, I guess. Yes. Um, and I don't particularly have any memor- memory of that maneuver, but I know sometimes there would be people who didn't get communion. I think they just sort of lurked near the pew um, instead of going up. But uh, But I don't know. It's been a long time. Well, okay, cool. Um, I I think it's a podcast. I think I think we got a big meaty podcast, an absolute unit here. Fan freaking tastic! I'm gonna go and help someone learn to use their iPad, and then I'm gonna talk to someone from Sports Reference about Wikipedia. That's what my day looks like, and I'm looking forward to it. Sounds exciting. Good. I'm gonna do uh, put on the air conditioner now because it won't be noisy in the background of a podcast, and it's getting warm here. And go to work, right? Yep. Not for a little bit though. Okay. Have some lunch first. Okay. You know, oh, right. Do some lunch. Things. I better have some lunch yeah. before I help someone on their iPad. Lunch. It's the most important meal of the middle of the day. Yeah. All right. Good talking to you. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs>